Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 114 of the Cloudcast. Now, you know, recently uh, we've been doing a bunch of shows about software-defined networking, software-defined a lot of things recently, and and a lot of them have been focused on either the companies doing it, uh, some of the major trends, and then we've been talking to some of the people that are working on on various standards bodies, whether it's Open Daylight or OpenStack Quantum or or whatever. Today we're going to go a little deeper and a little bit different direction around the software-defined stuff, and so um, Aaron's out tonight. He's off at... uh, Cloud Connect up in Chicago, but uh, tonight we're excited to have uh, Jason Edelman on with us tonight. Uh, Jason's an SDN uh, principal solution architect and SDN evangelist from Presidio. But Jason, welcome to the show and uh, introduce yourself for everybody. Uh, thanks for having me, Brian. Great. Uh, thanks. So, as far as intro for myself, you know, I have a background that fits most of uh, the traditional network guys out there. So, first part of my career, it's very, you know, very traditional uh, network focused. Spent some time at Cisco, a very short stint at an SDN startup out there. And for the past five years, I've been at one of the largest bars in the U.S. Again, very focused on core Cisco technologies in terms of routing, switching, wireless and security. And over the past few years, I've had a more of an interest in terms of diving deep into this world of SDN I'm talking about now. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the reasons... I wanted to have you on, and we're going to dive into a bunch of this. Is you know, you, you obviously there's a lot of guys that work for some of the vendors, and and the vendors obviously are going to have people that are kind of you know preaching what they're doing. And in some cases, it is very cool new technology. In other cases, you know, it's it's sort of me too. You were one of the kind of early guys, especially from the perspective of working on things, hacking around at it, and then being open and sort of blogging about it and writing about what you were learning and how you were learning it. And so I've been following your stuff for a while. I know Aaron and I have been following it for a while. So we wanted to, to sort of dive into how you've gotten to where you're at, how you're learning stuff. Because I know there's just there's a ton of guys that are like you, um, like I used to be, you know, CCIE-level guy. Networking was lots of typically a lot of Cisco boxes, some Juniper and other boxes. And now they're kind of going, okay, this stuff is about APIs and it's about open source software and it's about these new architectures. And so I, I kind of want to dig into that stuff with you. And uh, I think you got some really, really cool background to, to bring to the show. So, um, so let's talk about a little bit of that. How did you, you know, obviously, you know, SDN is whatever it means to people is kind of this natural evolution, but talk about kind of how you've been evolving, what you're learning, the skills you're learning, all those sort of things that are different than my button four or five years ago. Yes, yeah, so I, I would say for me, it started, you know, three plus years ago. And from there, it evolved gradually and got, you know, got deeper into technology. And, and I have to attribute, you know, the guys at Stanford. And I think it was literally about three years ago, this month or last month, where I read my first white paper from Martin Casado, the Clean Slate crew, Nick McEwen, and some of those guys. And I read the first white paper on open flow centralization and everything that it could, you know, offer a network. And from there I was hooked. So, you know, for a while it was just reading everything that was published. And this is going back 2010, 2011. And, you know, for there, it was mostly just trying to stay up to speed on, you know, where this was going. And at that point, I didn't think I was going to dive down to the technology in terms of, you know, API development or even programming. 
But over the past, you know, six months to even 18 months, I would say, I'm trying to, you know, dive that, you know, dive into it a bit deeper just to be able to say, hey, you know what, you know, for an, you know, an average network guy or a CCI network guy, whoever out there that, you know, things are going to slowly change. And, you know, as you understand the bigger picture, then you can sort of, you know, take that, you know, step, you know, you know, put your foot into the water and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to experiment with, an API on open daylight, or I'm going to experiment with one PK or experiment with you know, general Linux and, you know, program to maybe, you know, an Arista switch. So I think, you know, first, you know, first for me anyway, it was, it was you know, just sort of, you know, getting that, you know, big picture, you know, reading some, you know, uh, academia type of white papers. And then from there it was, it just evolved and, you know, it wasn't a plan that I had. It just, you know, one day at a time. And it just, you know, right now I'm you know, diving deeper into, to coding again more than I would have anticipated if you would have asked me twelve months ago, but uh, yeah, but it's been great cool. so far. Yeah. So so you said you know you were, you were starting to read some of this stuff from the the uh, the clean slate guys. So that's the the Stanford lab that was you know kind of kind of the genesis of, of a lot of this SDN stuff. It was where Nicira came out of in Big Switch. And what was the what was sort of the aha moment? You talked about you were reading some stuff. Was it you know were you looking at it and you're going this is cool because it's new and it kind of piqued that curiosity as an engineer or did you look at it from, you know, having done some wireless work and see how, you know, wireless networks have evolved from being kind of distributed to more centralized control or what, what you know, what was that sort of thing where you said, I need to dive into this more? Yeah, I would say it could be two things. The wireless definitely makes it hit home because it, you know, you know, right now at the, at the time, and I worked at Cisco, you know, it was just post, the airspace acquisition, you know, which brought centralized wireless to Cisco. So there was, you know, a big notion of going from autonomous to iOS-based APs, managing each one independently, going to this controller or, you know, thin model for wireless. And as I read these papers, that was in the back of my mind, but it, it was just some of the papers outlined it very well in terms of the centralized model and what it can bring. And, you know, you start talking about, you know, diff- you know, protocols of choice and, you know, we need distributed protocols today because the control plane is distributed on every device. But as more intelligence is centralized, then you can start to conceptualize and visualize that, you know, once you have a central brain for the network, the flexibility that it gives you is, is tremendous. And, you know, that, you know, that's really the aha moment, you know, for me. I guess fortunately, you know, was early on just sort of trying to, you know, conceptualize, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of these things, even though they were, you know, for, you know, PhD thesis and, you know, a lot of just educational work yep. that just trying to map this back to real world. And like I've been saying you know, over the past few months, you know, internally where I work and with customers that, you know, there's a lot of debates, you know, from the original work on control plane separation. But, you know, for me right now, the important piece that I stress is just that unified point of integration to you know to communicate with the network as a system and you know we have that with wireless you know we and I say we have this with you know VMware in terms of vCenter API integration we have it for voice integration with you know you know an IP PBX we have places to integrate applications you know but for the network we have to integrate to every node today and if we just view a controller as a system that has a unified point of integration then you know it slowly starts to make more sense and it slowly doesn't put as much, you know, fear into the network guy in terms of, hey, we're going to extract all the protocols you've, 
been trained on for the past 20 years and you know pulled them away so i just think it's you know it's a gradual process right but you know the the view of centralization and mapping it back to wireless definitely helps drive it home usually got it got it so you know those those kind of early years so early you know 2010 2011 not a lot of products in the market right lots of architectural discussions lots of you know is open flow a good protocol a bad protocol and then you know, the last I don't know, 12 months or so, things have kind of flipped, right? There's there's more stuff out there, whether it's open source or some products are coming out. How have you, as somebody who, you know, gets a lot of access to a lot of different vendors' products, and obviously anybody can access the open source, like how have you been kind of tackling it in terms of, you know, hands-on, you know, how you look at the architectures? And, and then let's start, you know, eventually let's kind of get into the discussion of how you're starting to get back into coding. I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah, so you know, two things there. You know, the first first part of the question in terms of looking at multiple vendors, and you know, given I, I work for a reseller, you know, it's it's you know public out there or whatnot. I try to talk to a lot of the vendors because you know, at Presidio, I'm on a you know corporate task force, so we're looking at uh, building out just uh, you know corporate wide strategy that we can execute on locally, mm-hmm. and so we just want to be aware of technology. And you know, look at different use cases and problems being solved. And you know, I would say, from a customer perspective, or you know, other engineers, architects, other resellers, the most important thing is really to understand, you know, what problems are are being solved. And a lot of them today, you know, comes back to, you know, to agility and being able to automate it and just you know, you know, speed up the provisioning of of the network. And so for me now, I haven't had too much hands on when it comes to the you know, SDN solutions in terms of network virtualization or even pure open flow fabrics. You know, there's been the, you know, lab here and there working with Mininet and open daylight, that sort of thing. But in terms of general architecture, I think it's nice that we're starting to see that shipping product. You know, NSX is a great example. Now that it's, now that it's shipping and they, you know, talk to 20,000 people at VMworld, you know, some more and more customers are starting to ask about it. You know, you know, Cisco within CME, again, it's getting traction, with, you know, some network world articles out there. So, you know, some things are, you know, starting to uh, to really come to uh, fruition with the customers. So over the past two, three years, customers really hadn't been plugged into in the wider SDN community. And now I think with, you know, Cisco and VMware, you know, two of the incumbents in their respective spaces right now, it's going to, you know, things are going to you know, really start to shift even more in terms of revenue and customer traction. Over you know over the next six months, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely hard. I mean, e- even for the biggest customers or the most leading edge customers, sometimes it's it's hard to wrap your head around. I mean, you can always look at your environment and say, "Boy, I wish it did something better." Um, you know, it's sort of like saying, "Hey, I wish I could lose ten pounds or something like that, or I was in better shape or whatever." But until you start to see the products and kind of get some to play around with them, it's hard to sometimes say. What problem exactly does it solve for me, or, or how does it solve a problem for me? So yeah, I think you're right. I think you know, obviously VMware, uh, you know, made NSX GA here, or is you know close to being GA here in the last week or so. Cisco's supposed to make a big announcement here in the next couple of weeks about what is in CMA, when does it ship, and yeah, usually when you have the first couple of really big mainstream vendors go out there, um, you, you do start to get people the kind of crystallize on this is a use case these are two or three problems i can solve economically this is worth the change and all that kind of stuff so um very cool so you know you you we you know we talked a little bit we were talking on on twitter and so forth a couple of weeks ago um 
you just released something. You were kind of playing around uh, writing some code, and you sort of released a project. I, I don't know the best way to describe it. I, I guess it's a project. It's, it's kind of an application. Um, it's this thing you're calling Network Control Manager. Tell people what that is and kind of how that evolved. Sure. So, so the way it evolved was you know, I was part of Cisco's early field trial for 1PK. It's not public. It's not GA yet. And, you know, for a few months I was, I was sitting on it and, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to dive into, into one PK or that I felt like I was learning to program with the southbound protocol. When you look at the controller, we have protocols going southbound and I just really felt, Hey, I wanted to, you know, focus on these northbound APIs down the road. And, you know, as I thought about it more, I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity that I had to you know, look at one PK and, you know, realizing I really didn't know much in the programming world. Uh, you know, it just, it, it was an eye opener in terms of, you know, ramping up on the actual uh, coding piece. So I can, I'll say, I'll save that. But going, going back to network control manager, I would view network control manager as a SDN controller that doesn't have, that uh, doesn't extract the control plane from a network device. As I was saying earlier, the network today doesn't have the unified point of integration that other technology disciplines have. So network control manager was meant to be, you know, really two things I look at as one as a, a master CLI for the network. So the network today, you know, network admins, you know, excuse me, um, manage devices, a device by device, box by box. Yeah. So they would SSH in each device, you know, make a change or, you know, for network control manager, I really want to focus on extracting data because I think it, it, it gives a, a gradual way into programmability. So you know, I give the example of checking a serial number, you know, checking your CDP neighbors, you know, checking CPU utilization. So right now, a lot of network guys, you know, think, you know, don't think twice about it. They'll go into X amount of devices, get that data, you know, write it down, and go about their day. So yeah, yeah it's not it's not crazy for anybody who has never done a lot of network. I mean, it's not crazy to walk up behind some guy who's doing network management, network stuff. And he'll have 10, 12 X terms popped up and he's just cutting and pasting IP addresses from one into another and show commands here. And um, so, you know, everyone talks about a single pane of glass. Well, true if you're using the big, giant, kind of GUI-based management system. Right. Network guys are CLI guys. I mean, that that's kind of how we all got taught to use the system. It's much faster. You don't have to worry. I mean, it's built in. You, like you said, you, you built like a gigantic... I don't want to say a gigantic, but, but like you said, a central CLI, it lets you correlate stuff between different systems yeah. into one view, which I thought was very, very cool. Well, that, that's the thing, because right now, SDN and the world of programming has had somewhat a, ne as a negative connotation to network engineers. And I, I talk to network guys daily from customers and even internal peers, and it's just not well understood on um, the value it can bring. So again, you know, going back to what this NCM's this thing that I built is, you know, it was meant to almost, you know, promote, you know, the, you know, promote the network engineer to say, hey, you know, your lives could be improved by leveraging one PK or in general programmability, you know, for this, you know, master CLI. And, you know, right now it demos, you know, Cisco one PK, but, you know, given that it's a central focal point for management in in reality, you know, we could, you know, plug in other APIs or other SDKs to talk to, Open vSwitch or you know Juniper devices, and it really does become the master CLI. When the demo that I have online, you can issue show neighbors. You know, right now it shows you, you know, the four neighbors of 
you know, network device to Cisco devices. But again, you know, in in a multi-vendor environment, ideally, you know, this will work across vendors. So, you know, this was meant to say, hey, the CLI might not be going away, but you know, the box by box management with the CLI should be going away. <laughs> yeah, and it's a and it's a cool sort of first step to say, hey, this is you know, because a lot of times what happens is. Uh, vendors will go, hey, our box has an API or our system has an API or it has an SDK, and people go, yeah, but what can I do with it, right? You, you get that sort of first initial question, and then until somebody or some groups of people come up with some things that sort of show you some basics, it's like, eh, I don't really know. But then you see those some of those basic things, and it's like, oh, cool. And then you get the, the brainstorming going, and you get the ideas coming along. And um, So for anybody, just you know, the, the, the two-minute real quick, one uh, PK, give, give folks the Cliff Notes version of one PK, um, and how that fits into this whole big SDN world of things. Sure. So you know, one PK, you know, is Cisco SDK, and I would say it's a, you know a more efficient, more programmatic way to communicate with the network device. Where today you're looking at leveraging the CLI or SNMP, where you know it lacks some you know real time states being able to pull from a device, as well as to be able to programmatically make a certain change to a network. And, you know, it's an abstraction layer across a variety of Cisco devices from iOS, iOS XR, NXOS. So across those platforms today, there might be different commands that you have to remember across each device. Or 1PK is a way to create an abstraction across all those devices and to, you know, really offer, offer a programmatic way to communicate with those devices to eliminate, you know, the box-by-box CLI. And again, that might not have a ton of justice, you know, to be, you know, it's funny because as I say these things now, I get them because I'm, I'm experienced in terms of building these, you know, sample applications. But, you know, as a, as a person who's, you know, just learning this over the past few months, I think, you know, for me, it's just a matter of, you know, one of the reasons I built this is to show customers. I think one, you know, once customers, you know, see some of these sample and real applications, you know, it can help, you know, you know, drive it home. And you know, that probably wasn't the, you know the best two minute overview, but yeah, no, you know, it I, really I, I, it really does have power. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I, you know, I think the thing I I tend to think about it is it's it's you know typically to go to a network box you, you use CLI, which it's, means it's going to be Telnet or SSH, and, and then some language that the box knows. Um, this is sort of a way of saying you can you can write to it because in essence a network box. Uh, you know, without using the the commodity word, is is fundamentally a computer or it's a server. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's chips and and ports and memory and stuff. And so, if you can get to it through Java or through Python or something like that, you now sort of put it in the domain of people who go, oh, I do that for everything else. I do that for my storage arrays and I do that for my servers. And this sort of brings me into a, a little more of a consistent paradigm for for the data center or, or really for anywhere in the network. Um, so let's, let's, t- I want to, you know, we, we probably could have an entire show about kind of how you evolve to sort of learn some of this programming stuff. Um, I want to be conscious of your time because I know you're a huge Giants fan. The Giants are playing on Monday Night Football tonight, so I don't want to go into that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have you come back and we'll dig into that. I want to talk about, because, you know, part of what you do in your, in your regular job um, is, I mean, you're a, you're an architect, you're, you're having to work with customers to solve their problems. You're having to give them recommendations for designs. I want to kind of pick your brain on something because I'm a little confused about it and I might be the only one, but maybe not. So, you know, when we start talking about control planes and data planes, 
um, and and potentially separating them or abstracting them, it it all of a sudden makes it where you go, oh, now where do I program the network? And, and hear me out here. So if if I take the simplest approach where we say uh, there's data plane, which is sort of your boxes that move packets, and then you've got a centralized controller, you know, an NSX or a, a a big switch or an open daylight box, you go, okay, you, you do all the programming, basically the control, the stuff that used to be like in iOS is now up in that centralized box. What starts happening though, when you have like uh, an open daylight controller, and then you have something like OpenStack Quantum, which has its own way of sort of abstracting the network and telling the network what to do. And then maybe you have, you know, intelligence out on a, on an open V switch. I mean, like, are we starting to get to the point where it's great that we have a lot of options or is it, is it a little bit confusing because all these different projects are trying to go, Hey, I want to use the network and talk to the network and program it. But it's like, Whoa, it, it, it's centralized, but distributed at the, at the, at the control plane. Or am I making that too complicated? Is there a simpler way to think about what all these things are trying to do? Um, yes, yes and no. Because I think it comes down to just looking at the architecture you mentioned Open Daylight, and Open Daylight is an SDN controller that yeah. you know is going to be built to speak multiple southbound protocols. And you, you could take an instance where Open Daylight is speaking to Open vSwitch, you know, with OpenFlow or OVSDB after it's baked in. And you mentioned you mentioned Neutron APIs or Quantum APIs on on top. So so I think it. So I think you know right now you know in the general discussion. When there's talk, when there's talks about integration, you know, it's always nice to say, "Hey, well, does that mean we're going to integrate, you know, southbound with that, you know, with that, or northbound?" And even on Open Daylight, you know, the the calls are public. I was on a call a few weeks back, and this is you know one example that traditionally in SDN controllers that there's RESTful APIs on on northbound, and they consume them however however you'd like. And you know, there was a discussion on well, does it make sense to have you know, a RESTful interface, you know, speaking, you know, southbound, and it, you know, sort of, you know, gets you thinking where, you know, we view we view things as north and south, but you know, does it really matter? But it's just in general correlation of you know where that controller resides. So I think it is confusing, and you know, again, you know, it's funny. OpenStack right now seems to be, you know, a starting point for SDN in customer environments, and you know, as long as you know where that quantum retron plugin is going to happen. Then you know it does does make uh, things easier as as long as we're, you know we're not having different controllers or multiple controllers control you know the same switch or V switch then I think we'll be okay. So in that example you gave, if it's quantum, you know neutron talking to open daylight, open daylight talking to open V switch, then I would I would keep it at that and I wouldn't you know be plugging in you know third you know more third party controllers communicating or making changes to you know to that V switch in that particular design. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the place where it sort of threw us, and, and Aaron and I were talking to these guys um, who were involved with Open Daylight, but also in ver- involved with OpenStack. And, and, you know, the way we got to talking about it was we said, well, um, you know, I get what OpenStack does today with quantum. It's, you know, if I if I need, you know, in essence, a virtual machine, I'm going to call Nova, the, the compute controller. Um, you know, in essence, I could be calling vCenter. It doesn't matter. Anything that's going to go say, give me a virtual machine. And then... You know, I'm going to call, you know, potentially uh, uh, Neutron if I need the associated networks for those for those virtual machines. And it was like, okay, that that all makes sense. 
And then we kind of said, okay, what is, you know, what is, what is open daylight? Where does that fit in here? And they said, well, you know, you could, you could have open daylight sort of manage the, the broader data center network, but then it's got to still be able to talk back to like OpenStack or vCenter or whatever. If, for example, you want a, uh, a load balancer or a firewall that's software defined that then has to run on a, on a Nova based VM. And, it, and so it did, it sort of, you know, we took a real simple use case, you know, which is basically, you know, I, I need a, a X number of VMs. I want to put them on certain subnets and then I want to have certain network services that potentially could just run in software as opposed to being a hardware box. And we did get into this thing where we kind of were like, you can't do it all from one sort of platform. You're going to have to have this, this bi-directional set of communications between them. And it might be, uh, um, neutron that does, you know, is that, that glue between them, but it might have to be something else. And so I, I think it'll be interesting, you know, to, to get into what that means from a design perspective. And like you said, people are going to have to be careful that they don't have too many things trying to control the same function or have overlapping functions. Cause it's, it's probably very easy to all of a sudden go, wait a second, something just went, went nuts and I don't know where to go. Look, <laughs> is it, is it in the controller? Is it in the edge virtual switch? Is it in, you know, the, the cloud controlling device in the middle there. Yeah, that's right. And as far as integration to, to Neutron, it's funny, you know, talking to some of these vendors, trying to understand, you know, the APIs, you know, a bit more, you know, with this, you know, with 1PK and the API. So now I'm just trying to, you know, do more due diligence on understanding what they're offering in terms of API integration for Neutron. And, you know, some of them, you know, again, offer the base API integration, but have their own, you know, secret sauce on top. And so a lot of that is, you know, understanding, well, you know, what's really Neutron that they're offering versus what's, you know, Neutron plus plus that, you know, they're doing on their own that isn't actually a real call coming from, coming from Nova or, you know, uh, some, you know, somewhere else. So I think, you know, right, you know, right now in terms of design, I, I think it's, you know, great points. And, you know, there's been, I'm not sure how much traction, you know, there is right now in the enterprise with OpenStack. I think it's, you know, starting, uh, you know, to emerge, you know, at least from my customer base, but, you know, it's definitely going to make, you know, make for some good design sessions when, you know, we're integrating SDN controllers into OpenStack environments. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and I think, you know, people talk about what VMware is doing in this space and, you know, they just had a, the, the release of, of, I think it was called Havana, uh, of OpenStack, the H release came out and, and, while VMware, the vCenter guys may or may not be contributing a bunch of code, you know, the, the NYSERA guys, the NSX guys are definitely contributing a bunch of code and that can only help them in terms of, you know, being able to integrate or give them, you know, flexibility of, you know, how it's going to integrate with vCenter, which has a huge amount of, of, uh, of customer install base versus giving people options as to what, what cloud control plane they want to use or what SDN solution they want to use. So very cool. Um, so I, I guess sort of last question, we'll wrap it up. Um, you know, what's, wh where do you see, where do you see the industry right now in terms of SDN stuff? I mean, it's, are we, are we first inning? Have we gotten to the second inning at all? Do you feel like, you know, any, any major architectural stuff has sort of flushed itself out in terms of whether it's a protocol or anything, or are we still in super early days? I think, I think we're out of the first inning. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, you know, right now, if we were to look at you know, baseball's analogy, you know, you know, it's still definitely early, and you know, it could be you know third, fourth inning. The reason I say that is, 
you know, so, you know, I work for, you know, an integrator reseller and, you know, huge focus on the, on the mid market. And, you know, when I started focusing on this stuff a couple of years ago, just in terms of general research, you know, there was, you know, little conversation about it, you know, with anyone and it started, you know, started gradually increasing and it's really only within the past, you know, four to six months where customers are actually, you know, inquiring about this, you know, what is STN? You know, what is 1PK? You know, what are these things? You know, what is, you know, at VMware, there was this thing called NSX. You know, what does that really mean? So I think, you know, right now, customers are starting to ask more questions about it. And, you know, some have requirements or business requirements they're trying to trying to solve and meet. And others are really just in that learning phase. So with you know, NSX launching, NSX is, you know, giving name to other players uh, like PlumGrid and Nuage. So, you know, that space is, you know, starting to emerge. So I would say network virtualization is it's pretty well defined right now. And, you know, again, you know, right now within the next few weeks, like you mentioned earlier, we're going to see some things from Cisco and Sammy. And I think that right now is going to you know, help, you know, launch, you know, some other things in the marketplace. So with these things, you know, happening right now, combining, you know, VMworlds with the Cisco launch, you know, I think in the next, you know, six months to a year, you know, we're going to, you know, progress tremendously in terms of, a general market education, and and hopefully we have a lot of customers, uh, you know, getting more out of their environments and uh, you know, driving down that operational cost and improving automation on the network. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, very, very cool. Well, listen, um, like I said, uh, we we would love to have you back on to talk about sort of the the journey you've had in terms of of going from what what everyone would kind of consider sort of traditional network skills to sort of uh, networking skills and programming skills. But I think we'll we'll save that for a later day. Um, for anybody, we, we will put all of your blog stuff in the, in the show notes, but, uh, for anybody that, you know, is out and about at, at events and stuff, where might somebody see you or where's the best way to kind of learn about the stuff you're doing or connect with you out on the social media? Sure. Right now, the best place is my blog at jedelman.com and usually on Twitter at jedelman8 and you'll, you'll find me at some tech field day events, techfieldday.com. Usually, uh, you know, my name's on some of the events up there. But uh, that's it for now. Very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, for anybody else, uh, thanks to Jason. Like we said, Aaron's out tonight. He'll be back uh, next week. Um, if you like the show, tell a friend uh, or leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we couldn't have gotten to where we are without everybody listening and, and telling a friend. Um, again, you can always find everything uh, about the show at uh, thecloudcast.net or at thecloudcast.net on Twitter. So for Jason and for Aaron, thank you very much tonight, and uh, everybody have a good evening. About now, you're asking yourself, why isn't the rest of the show done with a female English accent? You love it, don't you? You want to hear more, don't you? Hit subscribe.